If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Good evening, friends. Welcome to the celebration of the Wesak Festival in Taurus. Welcome for those of you who are joining us over the internet. We're on the top floor of Three West Club. It's a beautiful, beautiful site. It's hard to not get distracted by it. And just look at the cathedral. Hmm. Well, we're at the high point of the spiritual year again. When the planetary alignment takes place of such magnitude that it evokes response from extraplanetary sources. We play our part in this great festival by uniting in consciousness as a single beam of light to receive and transmit the forces of enlightenment that are seeking contact with humanity at this time. The actual time of the full moon, incidentally, is, I believe, 1.25 tomorrow morning. That's Eastern Daylight Time. So the Wesak Festival is generally known as the Festival of the Buddha because he's said to make an annual appearance in a secluded valley somewhere in the Himalayas at the time of the full moon of Taurus. He appears for a brief period and enacts a water ceremony before the Christ and a spiritual hierarchy of enlightened adepts of various grades. And with this blessing for humanity, the Buddha bestows the imprint of divine purpose and the life from which can be drawn spiritual sustenance for the immediate times ahead. And year after year, this festival of the Buddha provides a portal through which the spiritually minded can reach up towards the forces of enlightenment. And what could be more profoundly stimulating than working consciously in this light and contacting a previously unrealized aspect of the plan? For it is a fact, of course, that each time we celebrate a full moon festival, the quality of the energies is slightly different from a year before. Worlds within worlds, everything is spiraling towards and into new vistas, and wheels within wheels, bringing fresh challenges, greater love and unity, and still more light. And this vision can inspire us through thick and thin and lift us when we're down. Motion is perpetual, and everything is progressing with a purpose. Through the united aspirations of our group work, we propagate this wave of energy that carries us all ever onward towards the vision. So with this in mind, let's take a few moments and pause for reflection, and then we'll say together the affirmation of the disciple.
I am a point of light within a greater light. I am a strand of loving energy within the stream of love divine. I am a point of sacrificial fire focused within the fiery will of God and thus I stand. I am a way by which men may achieve. I am a source of strength enabling them to stand. I am a beam of light shining upon their way and thus I stand. And standing thus revolve and tread this way the ways of men and know the ways of God and thus I stand. Buddha's visible blessing at the time of the Vaisak festival engenders great expectancy and spiritual tension in the group assembled, with the moment of his approach being characterized by a great silence, brimming with vitality and significance. For those of us who are not there, during this high point of the spiritual calendar, our greatest service is preparing spiritually and holding the inner connection in daily life, visualizing ourselves as a pure channel of light in alignment with the keynote of Taurus. I see and when the eye is opened, all is light. Here the goals of clear seeing, pure joyful will and the death of personality desire lie before us. And when these goals are indeed achieved, we will then be living consciously within the aura of the spiritual group to which our soul naturally belongs. The idea of living in a world of pure light evokes a tantalizing vision of soaring forever higher on the energy streaming forth from the mind of God and entering into the heart of all love and wisdom. But while this exalted state of spiritual freedom may seem a blissful goal, intense evocation of light eventually leads to a conscious recoiling from it. For just a little of the reflected light of sheer reality is hard to bear. And the trading involves letting go of the known and the familiar that the heart holds dear. It's a little like scrambling up a tall tree to pluck fruit from the outermost branches. When the less supportive limbs sway about and suddenly there is the shock of vertigo on a hasty retreat to the limitations of terra firma. Rushing into the light is a startling experience. Personal identity has been built up over a long period of time and the apparent loss is too daunting. The pursuit of spiritual freedom has to be made steadily, building a new identity along the way and releasing consciousness step by step from the pleasure plane continuum that qualifies the personality. 
the image of freedom aspired towards is constricted by the limitations of human imagination and social conditioning. But real freedom is a state of consciousness that characterizes another kingdom in nature. And as such, it is freedom that is unconditional, unconditioned by that which has been known. It is the attainment of complete detachment from all that is loved and cherished in the manifested world. Ultimately, it is released from the most subtle forms of selfishness, the personal gravity that ties each of us to the known and the familiar. And the release from this is at once both freedom's allure and its terror. There's little point in giving up all of what we know and feel ourselves to be unless what we have in sight is more purposeful than the ethereal dream of the mystic. Better to live in the known world with a sense of purpose, even if a selfish one, than suspended in a void, even if a lighted one. Without purpose, the sense of self is lost. And it's only right to totally exchange the old ways for the new as a greater purpose is found, one that fulfills a sense of universal need and is yet both comprehensible and realistically attainable. Old identities have to be exchanged for new ones progressively, in tandem with a growing sense of spiritual purpose. Incrementally building this greater sense of purpose into humanity is the current aim of the spiritual hierarchy. And its success can be seen in the millions who are awakening to social responsibilities and the need of the greater whole. Vast swathes of the general public are discovering a greater life purpose, taking on more responsibility for others and so demonstrating that individual identity is steadily expanding to include the recognition of oneself in others. Again, the process can be described in terms of the tree, only in this case, the analogy of climbing it to pluck fruit for oneself changes to that of becoming the tree itself not what can be grasped for the self now, but what can be produced for others. The tree of life is depicted with the roots above and the flowering leaves downwards. And in the ego's tiny tree of life, the same symbolic presentation holds true. The roots being found on the higher planes where unconditional love permeates the whole kingdom. And this love is drawn upon and flowers forth into objectivity, producing fruit on the physical plane through the radiant forces of beauty, goodness, and truth. The tree is a beautiful symbol of spirituality and reflecting on its qualities brings understanding of the nature of impersonal service. In the tree we see strength and beauty, individuality, yet uniformity. Trees have nobility, endurance, stability, and the woods and forests of the world are the very lungs of the planet. They purify the atmosphere, giving food, shelter, and protection from danger. And the higher octaves of all these qualities are seen in spiritual groups. The disciples' roots are to be found on buddhic levels as part of a spiritual ecosystem comprised of soul groups. And from here, the love, strength, and the wisdom of divinity is drawn upon. And they flow down and flower into expression in the material world. 
and in the Alice Bailey writings, the symbol of the reverse tree is used to facilitate integration into an ashram. It's said to promote group feeling and dissipation of glamour through light. It runs as follows. A line of fire between two blazing points. A stream of water blue, again a line. Emerging from the earth and ending in the ocean. A tree with root above and flowers below. Out of the fire and always at the midway point appears the eye of God, Shiva. Upon the stream, between the two extremes, there floats the eye of vision. A thread of light unites the two. Deep in the tree, between the root and flowers, the eye again is seen. The eye that knows, the eye that sees, and the directing eye. One made of fire, one fluid as the sea, and two which look from here to there. Fire, water, and the earth all need the vital air. The air is life. The air is God. An abstruse visualization may be, but the instructions that the Tibetan gave were not to analyze it too closely, but just to gently reflect and brood upon it and let it do its own magical work. And steady reflection on this formula, well, that's what it is, produces a group inclusiveness and a united group sensitivity. It develops a, a response outwards to the world of humanity and a response inwards towards the hierarchy. The theme of this formula is creation in the light. And this is clearly indicated by the references made to the eye. The eye of fire is the organ of divine will through whose directed gaze the power flows outward, flows outward to the created whole. And the eye of vision is related to the group sensitivity of the soul, the conscious observer. And the eye that knows refers to the server in the outer world who works with the energy of love wisdom as it passes through the right eye and the mental coordinating power as it is transmitted by the left. Creation in the light and the eye of vision is something we associate with Taurus, of course. The illumination available in this sign enables the serving chila to stand detached from the last traces of all that subtly feeds the lower ego and to work instead with loving impersonality in the light of spiritual brotherhood. To stand detached allows us to see and to appreciate those around us more fully and to meet at a creative point of tension. Here, communication is at its most powerful and at its most joyful. It is relationship in an atmosphere of love and freedom with no strings attached. And this is the wonder of group work, whereas detached sparks in the one flame all travel in the same direction and spiritually sustain one another through the medium of the group aura. The nature of spiritual communication, be it silent or vocal, is in itself joyful. And this is because spiritual communication relays the plan of love and light and the energy of vision, which lifts the eyes above the personality to contact the energy of the future.
It brings the assurance that despite the suffering in the world, the glorious future does await humanity, and it's a privilege to participate in materialising it on earth. And when this is known beyond all doubt, we cannot help but be joyful. Naturally, though, it is difficult at first to clear the mind sufficiently to be able to receive the light of the intuition radiating throughout the group aura. In daily life, the concrete mind seems to rule supreme, and often in meditation, all kinds of weird and wonderful thoughts intrude, circulating in a meaningless array of incidental and self-referencing images. When the fire of the lower concrete mind burns fiercely, these thoughts can become inflamed and spoil any hope of connecting to any font of wisdom. Yet, by linking consciously with others in group work, the combined thought form of the group's particular service is so powerful that its light obliterates those private little fires on the lower mental plane. In their place there are ideas that carry the energy of the plan with the vibration of love emanating from the group heart, holding them intact and available to all within the aura of the group. The greater the absorption in the spirit of the group work is, the greater will be the clarity with which these group ideas are seen. The line of communication, the group Antakarana, grows in strength through each person's meditation, permitting a two-way traffic of mutual enrichment of both the group and each individual, precipitating the energy touched in meditation so that it percolates through to the physical brain. is not always an immediate process, though as this is determined by the degree of soul alignment that has been attained. And so the time element enters in, and group intuitions may come and filter down at a later stage. But with a conscious adoption of group work, the character of meditation itself starts to change. Fleeting contacts are made with an energy that has a familiar vibration, but not identical. <coughs> to that which has come to be registered as that of the soul. It seems to be connected to a greater source of which the soul is a part in the same way that a personality forms part of a family group on the physical plane. And as a clearer registration of this group impression is sought during meditation, we can imagine the familiar spiritual tones, like a musical chord, suffused in light and faintly striking the inner senses. To which spiritual sound we discover we are adding our own note, the note of the soul. And in time it creates a lighted energy flow and a rhythm of being that prepares the way to direct telepathic rapport. It conditions thinking in a way that provides a glimpse of what true communication and group consciousness will be like. Despite unification on the higher mental plane, individuality is never lost in group consciousness. For the light of individual experience adds to the pool of wisdom and is a valuable group asset. The time comes, however, when knowledge for knowledge's sake is no longer sought, because life in form has taught all the lessons, and this light of experience has been added to the incoming flow of love from the hierarchy. And the combination of these lights produces wisdom and skill in service, and helps the disciple to become receptive to hierarchical ideas ideas that are held before the group to assimilate and then to build thought forms of service 
to humanity. Such true ideas are points of energy that carry a transformative charge, often arriving with a rush of energy, before entering the mind and keying the consciousness up to a new point of tension. And everything is seen in a slightly different way from thereon. And through each shifting consciousness, though it may be hardly perceptible, a steady succession of these impacts sees the disciple literally renewing himself and therefore the pattern of relationships that he's formed within the three worlds. Spiritual groups have the capacity to let in specialized energies that can rearrange force patterns within the consciousness of humanity and thus play a major role, a major part in creating right human relationships and restoring the plan on earth. The process is augmented each year at the full moon in Taurus at the time of this Wesak festival through the ceremony and ritual of a host of spiritual beings, a tremendous flood of energy surges through the planetary ethers. The Buddha and the Christ work together and pour their blessing out on earth. And it's our privilege to work together to help distribute this energy to humanity. In the process, these forces of enlightenment will circulate throughout the group aura charging it with the impersonal qualities of goodness, beauty and truth that form our higher identity and connect us to the kingdom of souls. Taurus accelerates progress towards the greater reality that we know lies beyond the human condition and towards which we ardently aspire in group formation. And as the joy of vision that Taurus bestows breaks forth at this time, a steady, immovable will is activated that propels us onwards while yet anchoring us in our service. So, we'll go into our meditation now and do all that. As usual, I'll say each stage out loud, and we say together group fusion, lower interlude and the distribution phase. Letting in the light, group fusion. I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them.
alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, the ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. Extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated throughout the hierarchy. Visualize the three planetary centers Shambhala, hierarchy, humanity coming into steady alignment and interplay.
reflect on the keynote of Taurus. I see, and when the eye is opened, all is light. I see, and when the eye is opened, all is light.
precipitation. Visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet, becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical centers through which the plan can manifest. See the energy of divine love precipitating from Shambhala through hierarchy, the Christ, the new group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere, and into and through physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. In the center of all love I stand. From that center I, the soul, will outward move. From that center I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart through my group and throughout the world. Be 
Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how the inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ. distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light, love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo irradiating the consciousness 
for the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, friends, for that. It's a beautiful meditation.
They say when your spiritual alignment is strong, you can meditate even on a battlefield. Not that I'd recommend that, because you'll get shot. But <laughs> we're meditating in a planetary center like London or New York is such a beautiful experience, because there's an inner well of etheric silence, a pool that's developed. And amidst the sort of hustle and bustle of a planetary center, you can just sense it radiating outward silently into people's lives. That's a lovely thing. So we have our Arcane School Conference this weekend. We hope you'll all be able to come, at least to join us at some part. The afternoon session is for everyone. It starts at 1.30. It's here. Second floor, I think. Second floor. Uh, for Arcane School students, it will start at 10.45. And if you're in Weavers in the Light degree, at 10 o'clock. And we hope that many of you, if not all, will be able to come and join us. And for those of you over the internet who can't make it, it will be live streamed. You can go onto the website to find out details of that. But if you can come, we'd very much like to see you. We'll see you then. Good night. If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 